Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And today I have our 100th episode. Ah! Ah! Okay, so we are in a dark, candlelit room in Augusta, Georgia. And it is dreary and rainy outside. Yep. And Robin, how is life? Life is good. Life is currently spooky because there are... I'm still getting to know this haunted hotel room or this room in a haunted hotel. It remains to be seen seen mm-hmm. if this room is haunted. Um, but there are mirrors that I don't always know about until I'm seeing myself reflected in them, <coughs> which I think is going to get very interesting during the nighttime and as we get through this podcast because it's only going to get darker while we're recording. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say there right outside the window there is a street lamp and because it is raining it is dripping water off of it but the way the light illuminates it it makes it look like it's dripping light. Oh Zoe you're so right. So I couldn't see that from my vantage point but now I can and I agree with Zoe. She is correct. This is very <laughs> spooky. Um but first, before we get into that, do you mind if I tell you a I thought I was going to be on a podcast, true crime podcast, not as the host? Oh, no. Can I tell you what happened this yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What happened? So, <laughs> um, as people know, I my real job, my job, um, I'm in the real estate field. Mm-hmm. And I was at a property, and it was a little bit more run down of a property and I was there to switch out light bulbs take some pictures do all that fun stuff and it wasn't in a bad part of town but it was Mm close-ish and as I was at the property I see a blue car pull into the parking spot and the way the parking lot was, because it was on a hill, mm-hmm. effectively completely blocking me from exiting if I wanted to get in my car and drive away. Oh, that's not good. No. And then I see that, uh-huh. and I say, okra. So I go to my purse that's in the kitchen. Did you say okra? I said okra. Okay. <laughs> I go to my purse that's in the kitchen. I grab the mace that I keep on me. And there's a toolbox in the house, and I grab the heaviest of the um, wrenches that is in there, and I put my mace in my pocket, mm-hmm. and the wrench in my other pocket, and my phone's in my hand. Uh-huh. And then they knock on the door. <gasps> I don't know why I'm shocked about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I knock, open the door, and I'm like, hey. And Are you holding these? Oh, no, no they're, they're in my pocket. Okay, okay. And they were very kind gentlemen. There were two men. And they're like, hey, I saw that there's a for sale sign in this house. Do you mind if we look around the outside of the property real quick? Uh Uh-huh. Not wanting to prevent a sale. I say, go ahead. And I shut the door. Um, I say, they can't come inside, but I said they can walk around outside. So I shut the door, lock it, go to the back door, lock it. Uh So all the doors are locked. And I start texting my husband, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, I think I'm safe, but just in case I'm not, I'm letting you know, here's what's happening. There's two men here. I think I'm safe. They introduced themselves. I gave them permission, 
But just in case. I've heard so many stories about real estate agents getting killed by people they were going to show houses to. I've never thought about that. Oh, I've heard so many stories of that. Okay. And so my husband is like, uh, do I need to be there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Everything's fine. I don't get the vibe from them specifically that they're going to harm me. But the vibe of the situation is that they are, you know? I think paying attention to the vibe of the situation is yeah. very, very important. Yeah. So, like, I take a picture of their car and, like, I'm, and I send it to him. And I send him a phone number of my supervisor. And he's like, please continue messaging me. Um, it's an older house, so I didn't feel comfortable talking to him on the phone because I could hear them speaking outside. So mm-hmm. I figured they'd hear me speaking inside. And literally, I was just, like, I was trying to grab a photo of them just in case. But I wasn't able to get an angle where I could get a photo of them where they wouldn't see me. Yeah. And I didn't want to insult potential buyers. I would be creeped out if I were them <laughs> and I looked through the window and the person in the house was taking a photo of me. I don't think it would even compute to me be like, they think I'm going to kill them. It's be yeah. like, why are they doing this? Yeah. So I'm just like going around this house and they were walking around the property for 20 minutes. Ooh, serious buyers. <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole time I'm just messaging Kari, I'm messaging him and he's like, are, are you good? Like, are you doing okay? Yeah. And so eventually they do get in their car and leave. And then I wait a good five minutes. They did turn around at the end of the road and drive back. But I think it was a kind of dead end. So I do <laughs> dri- see them drive back. And I ended up, it was perfectly okay. Okay, good. But, so I'm good. I'm safe. I'm alive. Um, I got that. If you weren't, whoa, what an 100th episode. Like, <laughs> I'm talking to a ghost right now. Yeah. But, like, that was a moment that, like, terrified me. And Kari and I were talking about it later. And he was like, I was halfway there. Because I gave him the address. He was supposed to be working. But literally, he just messaged his supervisor. and was like, my wife might be in danger right now. And she's like, Go. And so, um, yeah, so he was almost at the property by the time I was like, no, I'm good. He, they're gone. So, yeah. Good on Kari. Yeah. But I I guess the reason I wanted to share this was Mm -hmm. just like a example, I feel like, of don't be too cautious. Don't be too cautious. Or not, I guess be cautious. What's the word I'm looking for? Yes, be cautious. Yeah. Be cautious, but Don't. don't... self-conscious i don't know like i can't be too cautious i guess is the word yeah you can't be too cautious because while they seem fine and everything ended up being fine and they were perfectly fine Mm -hmm. it very much could be a situation could have been a situation where it was not um i think the weirdest thing to me is that they blocked you in there was they could have parked on the street. Yeah. But if they wanted to park in the parking, um, in the driveway, there was no way to avoid blocking me in, unfortunately. But honestly, I probably would have parked on the street if I saw that I would have blocked somebody in. Yeah. 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 Well, Zoe, thank you for sharing that. That sounds very scary, and I'm glad you're okay. I am, I am okay. I was... I was a little shaky, Mm -hmm. but I kept that wrench in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Good on you. 
Well, Robin, do you have a very special something something for us? I do! I have a something spooky, and it is a listener-submitted personal ghost story slash ghost sighting from Abby. Yes, we've talked about Abby on the show before. Yes, thank you, Abby. I'm very much looking forward to sharing this. Yes. (laughs) So... Abby was in L.A. with her family last year when they went to a medieval torture museum where they had torture devices on display. Yeah, I did not know these existed. (laughs) I did not know these places existed, but now I am quite curious about it. Um, And she says that when you first go in, there's Uh a gift shop, and then you can go downstairs to see the devices on display. So it sounds to me, because she said that the whole place was really when you like are not in the gift shop is like really quite dimly lit so i think it's like a no window situation down there yeah is the vibe i was getting so she says that they went in they go down the stairs to see the rest of the devices on display and as she's going down the stairs she starts to feel dizzy she says quote it feel it felt like my brain was floating in water (gasps) i know right yeah right So when she got into the first room in the museum section, her right shin bone started to ache, and she describes it like a growing pain, but that does not make sense with her age. So her body's failing her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Abby. (laughs) Sorry. She's better now. Um, So her family wasn't the only ones there. She said there were two women going through the museum ahead of them and two behind them, and her family was kind of in the middle. Her mom and her sister were taking things slower. They were hanging back more. And so Abby was walking beside her dad through the museum, making their way around. And they eventually got to the edge of a dark hallway. And the dark hallway has a ramp in it that ends with an archway on the right. And so she's looking at it through the archway. And then there is a display at the end of the wall because it's kind of a little bit of a dead end unless you turn a certain way. Um, And it's a display of devices. So from her vantage point in this one room where she can see into the hallway, she sees a gray figure. Mm. It's all gray except for the hair, which was a curly blonde and shoulder length. Interesting. It was about 5'10", and she felt like it was a male. And so it goes by the archway. And the archway... It ends pretty quickly into the display of the torture devices. Uh-huh. And so she's looking at this and she's like, that's not right. So she stood still as it passed the archway. And then she turned her head to face exactly where it had been more directly. And she stared there for two minutes. She was waiting to see if somebody would pass by who she would be able to tell was a real life person. Right. So that like perhaps she saw it wrong and it looked more normal, but it didn't look normal at the moment. And who, something that she could have mistaken for the figure. Mm-hmm. So nobody came. And if anybody would have left the area to the right of the archway where it had walked, she would have been able to see it. So oh. after the two minutes, she approaches the archway, and which was very brave. Yes. <laughs> very brave. I think I would have left that one alone. <laughs> so she moves to the archway, and she looks to the right, and there wasn't anything where the figure should have been so she turns her head and she looks back up the hallway and she sees two women walking down the ramp but they're not walking in the direction that would have made any of this make sense right so it was not them so she went further into the hallway looking at another torture device there but when she gets there she becomes so dizzy she almost faints dang yes 
it seems like this happened one more time. And so after that, she went through the rest of the museum really quickly, left her family behind. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> and she went up the stairs to the gift shop. And when she was there, she felt fine again. So that was her experience in this medieval torch museum. It was a very quick sighting, but it sounds like it was a full body there yeah. was something there and then it disappeared and it didn't look right from the get-go sighting because she was like highly aware when she saw it that that wasn't it right. didn't make sense yeah yes wow wow thank you abby yeah thank you <laughs> i've never seen anything that clearly or that yeah. much i've like if there's been anything at all mm-hmm. it was like very much in the shadows at the Charleston jail, <laughs> city jail. Right. And it was probably my imagination. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't sound like imagination. No. But. And, like, the fact that she felt fine when um, she went back upstairs, I've heard yes. that so many times where it's, like, people will be in a haunted location and, like, want to pass out, want to puke or whatever, and the second they cross the threshold, they're like, oh, nope, I'm perfectly fine again. Perfectly fine. And it's also, it sounds like, she was experiencing very specific things like yeah. her brain floating on water one i love that description that's very well written <laughs> <laughs> and the other one about the shin bone that's 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 yeah. very interesting yeah i wonder if she was like experiencing somebody who died on one of those machines uh, I don't know if they were active use or if they were like model or something i don't know either yeah um, I don't know. That's one thing. Well, not active use. No, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And at midnight, we have a showing. (laughs) We have a live demonstration. Yeah. No, but historically used versus this is a model of what it would have looked like. Yeah. Okay. Especially since, like, a lot of quote-unquote medieval torture devices were never genuine to begin with. It was things that they made up during the Renaissance. To Could, talk about how dark the times were. Yeah, they were like, oh, they were so barbaric. They used to do this. But it's like, like you know, the Iron Maiden? Yeah. That was never recorded until the Renaissance. That's such a freaking relief. Because that, <laughs> <laughs> that thing is creepy looking. Yeah. There's actually this whole, like... I, I was very surprised when I got to, I think, college, because I was learning a little bit about medieval history, and I was learning that, like, actually there was lots of literature literature and art and culture that was happening there. It's just, like, the Renaissance really just steals the whole show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much, Abby, for yes. sharing. Uh, I was very excited to be able to share this story on here. Yay! Woo! So, Zoe, tell us about where we're at. Yes. (laughs) So, we've kept it under wraps for, like, four whole episodes at this point. Yeah, we've been teasing them. (laughs) We've been teasing you guys, giving you a little bit of information each episode. So, Robin. Yeah. We are currently at... Well, by the time this episode comes out, we will not be there. But... As we speak this. As we speak this, we are currently at the Partridge Inn in Augusta, Georgia. Hmm, dear listener, you might be thinking, hmm, I've heard that before. Yes, it was an episode, I think, 50, Robin, you covered a list of haunted locations in the South and very briefly went into them, and the Partridge Inn was on that list. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have covered a little bit of it, 
from a friend slash coworker of mine, and I will remind you of that story. Thank but you. it was in episode 51 as my something something. Okay, cool. Yes. So, <clears throat> we are currently in, and I can barely see your face at this point. You are lit up by your iPad screen. <laughs> I closed my computer because I'm done with notes. <laughs> but you still gotta go, so... um. It's okay. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. As we've been recording this, I saw a light flash onto the wall behind you, and I think it's because one of the street lamps came on and it's coming through the closet window. Oh. It did scare me because it's roughly the height of a person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can see the light that you are talking about from a better angle, and yes, it is the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, if at any point during this one of us gets like skeeved out, you will know. Uh huh. And know. if you hear any EVPs, I'll let you know. Oh, oh that's <laughs> terrifying. Though I do have to say, there are we have discovered that we have rather noisy neighbors. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I apologize if there is some background noises. And Robin, when we arrived earlier, it was still kind of daylight outside. Mm. Um, and we realized so the way we're situated right now is <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> so we're it, the imagine a U. So a blocky U. So um, I'm talking about the whole entire Partridge Inn, not just us oh, in this room. I, we have the desk at a weird, weird angle. That's about <laughs> it. I thought you were about to give details on that. No, no, no. Okay. So where we are in the Partridge Inn, there's a U, and we're in one of the branches of the U, and we can see across the pool into the other side of the U. And we were looking at the windows across the way earlier and being like, oh, we can't see in them. They're mirrored. We were not trying to spy on the other people here. We were like, is there a ghost? <laughs> but now as I'm looking over and as it gets darker outside and there's lights inside, oh, the no. mirroring is going to reverse. And I can already see a little bit into the floors across the room. Well, Zoe, I can't see into it from my current angle. So if at any point you see a ghost, just, I guess, let me know. And I do want to say you're the one who picked the bed by the window. I'm shutting the blinds when I sleep. <laughs> I'm not but, looking out at that. But yes, yeah, so um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but I do want to let people know we're on the fourth floor. And so we have windows facing almost the parking lot and the other side. So yeah. let's get into this. So the Partridge Inn is in Augusta, Georgia, where Thank we you. are. <laughs> and it is a hotel. It has... <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. But giggles away. Okay. So it has 144 rooms, two restaurants, and it is filled to the brim with Southern hospitality. It was built in 1910 and is currently owned by Hilton. Yeah. So before it was at the current location. Well, okay. I don't want to say before it was... It was... It used to be a smaller building, and then they built on top of it. Okay. Yeah. So, the Partridge Inn used to be a two-story private residence in 1892, built in 1892, owned by Morris Partridge. And then in 1910, he added four stories, a quarter mile of balconies, and 60 rooms. 
So um, there was a gala held at the hotel in 1923 for Warren G. Harding, the 29th U.S. president. And after that, the hotel became very, very popular, especially during the winter when the north was too cold. So people came to the south. Yeah, migration. Yep. However, in the 1930s to the 50s, during the Great Depression, Henry Flagler... (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. He extended railroads to Florida, and Florida became the go-to winter spot. And people, if you're asking why Robin gasped dramatically, <laughs> Henry Flagler, Flagler. W- Flagler was the founder of the Flagler College, which we covered in the College Palooza Season 1. Season 1, baby! Mm-hmm. So that was our Florida episode. But um, because he was like, hey, let's get people to Florida. I'm going to build railroads all the way down there. It caused Augusta to take a pretty big hit. Mm -hmm. And so the inn was unfortunately facing empty rooms more often than not. So they sold the building in 1960s and it was converted into apartments where it fell into decline. And then in... 1980s historical groups politicians and activists fought for the partridge in when it faced demolition Mm -hmm. and so in 1988 it reopened to be a quote roaring success that continues to this day so this is the closest hotel to the augusta national golf course which is used for some a little thing called the masters yeah it's a big deal around here yeah um deal I know, like, a lot of people at USC who go for hospitality, go to college for hospitality, they Mm -hmm. have to do, like, or they end up doing this, like, huge internship thing for the masters. Oh, that's a good gig. I'm sure that looks really good on their resumes. Yeah. I I knew somebody who did it, and she's like, it was a lot of work, but it was also really rewarding. Cool. So, because it's used for the masters, there's, it quite, it usually has a few upscale guests you could say we don't qualify (laughs) we don't qualify (laughs) well actually i think we're the most famous people who have ever stayed here ever ever Ever. (laughs) (laughs) the masters are usually in i think april march i don't know i don't watch golf Okay. Well, in 2022, (laughs) in 2022 is April 7th to 10th. Okay. So. Good to um, know. Augusta is the third largest country. Yeah. Augusta is the third largest country in the world. Yeah. Um, Augusta is the third largest city in Georgia. So a lot of people come and go. Historically, it used to be the second largest, but some things have played back and forth. So, right now, currently, it's the third largest. What are the first two? I'm sure it's Atlanta. Atlanta's one of them, and I think Savannah is another. Ah, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Augusta is more of a destination place for gatherings and weddings. So, a lot of the people who are here are in town for large events. Okay. So, the hotel went through a $8 million renovation, and Robin... You and I were supposed to stay there the opening weekend after this $8 million renovation. Because renovation makes ghosts angry. angry. Okay. <laughs> and so it was going to mar- open on March 25th, 
2022. Mm-hmm. However, and we had reservations we for March 26th, 2022. However, the opening got delayed. Mm-hmm. And we were unable to stay until now. But we're here. We are here Almost now. a full year later. Almost a full year later. Yeah. So, um, the Partridge Inn is a member of the Historic Hotels of America. It has been since 1991. And Robin, it is haunted. I, okay, can I tell you, I was feeling like totally gung-ho earlier today, and then now as it's getting darker, and I'm realizing we're going to sleep here. Uh And also this room is genuinely really dark right now, and I'm seeing flickerings of fake candles along the walls. (laughs) Um, I am concerned. I figured we wouldn't be doing much sleeping, to be fair. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, so we will have to go to, like, a corner store or something and get me some Diet Coke. (laughs) Okay. I have an addiction. Um, (laughs) Topic of discussion earlier today. Diet Coke. (laughs) Like, there was actually one day I ran... I'm sorry, this is such an aside. I ran out of Diet Coke at home. Oh, no. And I was, like, visiting people, and I legit was, like, messaging them, like, do you have Diet Coke at your house? And they would be like, no, why would I have Diet Coke at my house? And now I, like, left behind a can of Diet Coke at my mom's house just in case I need it. And, like, I could have stopped by McDonald's or whatever and gotten a Diet Coke, but I think it was Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not that kind of person who goes out and does, like, visits restaurants and stuff on Christmas Day. Yeah. So um, I couldn't do that. And I didn't want to go to the grocery store either because Christmas Day. So I had to go, like, three days without Diet Coke. And I was hankering. Okay, so... I am going to keep a cart, like whatever of Diet Coke in my fridge for you. Aww, yeah. You yeah. do love me. I do. I do. <laughs> okay, haunted. Yes. Okay, so. <laughs> <clears throat> so the ghost, the singular ghost of the Partridge Inn is a woman named Emily. And I hope to become acquainted with Emily before we leave. In the mid-1800s, Emily was preparing for her wedding in the building that the Partridge Inn grew from. So the small building that's like the two-story building. Mm -hmm. Um, She was preparing for her wedding in that building before it was a hotel. She was in her wedding dress. She had placed the veil. She was looking beautiful. And she heard a knock on the door. And it was somebody with his hat probably over his heart informing her that her fiancé had been killed. Yes, it was a case of mistaken identity. What? Yes, he was coming into town on his horse in his suit, and they thought he was somebody else, and they shot him without asking questions. What? (laughs) And he died. Okay. Yes. He, he died before he hit the ground. Wait, I'm I'm so sorry, but like, why is the go-to to shoot? Well, he was mistaken for a soldier who was wanted for treason. Okay. And so they shot him in his saddle, and he died before he hit the ground. It was very dramatic and traumatizing. Why are you making light of this, Robin? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want to piss off Emily? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> so... Emily was rumored to wear her wedding dress for weeks 
refusing to remove it even as it grew dirty. Even a few years later, men would come to court her, but she refused them because she had loved and lost before. And eventually, the men just gave up, and she became unweddable. Oh, she was a spinster now. Yes. And rumors say that she kept that dress. On? No, she kept it. Well, she kept it on for weeks. Charles Dickens thing. She kept it on for weeks, but uh, she kept the dress and would regularly put it on. Okay. Emily lived the rest of her life alone and sad. And she died at an old age, never forgetting her fiancé. Or, if you believe another story, she died of heartbreak relatively the same time. Relatively the same time? (laughs) Yes. Um, Emily, if you... If this story is real, I'm so sorry for making fun of the way. It's just this is... This is how all the hotel stories go. (laughs) Yes. It really is. Um, But guests and employees will see her walking the halls in a white gown as she fades in and out of this world, walking up and down the halls, awaiting her fiancé. Aww. Yes. Okay. So, the first story I'd like to tell you of somebody who heard Emily was my coworker. Yes! So, about 11 years ago, when they lived in Augusta, they were staying the night because their air conditioner stopped working in the middle of July. Mm, yeah. And if you know anything about the South, you know that is not, you cannot sleep in that. <laughs> so she says, quote, I did not sleep at all. My boyfriend at the time was a teacher and had to wake up at 4 a.m. to leave for work each day. I tried to stay in the room to get ready for my work day after he left and was so creeped out that I decided just to go home. That's right, she decided to brave the southern heat rather than stay here a moment longer alone. Really? So she told him that the place was haunted and he told her that she was crazy. So. <clears throat> Hence the boyfriend at the time. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we checked in late in the evening and had dinner in our room. There was a banging noise in the walls that he explained as old pipes. Then I heard someone walking the halls all night long. I woke him up at one point and he confirmed the noise, but said it was probably someone cleaning. But cleaning staff for hotels usually push a cart or some sort of supply container. There was none of that. It was just someone walking up and down the halls all night long. I got up and looked out the door once or twice and never saw anyone. Can I also say another thing about why it's definitely not cleaning? Uh-huh. Who what? does in the middle of the night? It's in the morning. It's in the morning. Between, it's like between 10 and 3. That it's, is when they're cleaning. They're they're cleaning between checkout and check-in. Yes. yes. Okay. That is spooky. Yes. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> does it feel a little bit more haunted now that you're here? It does. It definitely does. And so I know like you can't see my face, but something about your face being very specifically lit up is actually kind of creepy. So, <laughs> okay. So people who have seen her describe her as a pretty woman with long chestnut-colored hair, wearing a beautiful wedding dress. Mm-hmm. She is seen throughout the halls, the staircases, and in a restaurant. It's called P.I. Bar and Grill, 
but I believe mean, it was rebranded to be the eighty five ninety five restaurant and bar. Mm-hmm. So, um, which we are not eating at tonight because it's expensive. It's expensive, but we might get breakfast. <laughs> we might there get tomorrow. breakfast there. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to an iHeartRadio article, they used to have a drink on their menu known as the Emily. Oh. I was not able to see it on their PDF menu, but they don't really have alcoholic beverages on their website. Okay. Maybe it, it's like a secret Starbucks menu thing where you can just go up and order it and well, they know what you're talking about. Well, well, they probably have a drink menu at the location because it's um, a bar, but the PDF one online only showed um, food. Okay. Yeah. The Emily, if you want to make it at home, I don't know the ratio, but it had it was a purple cocktail... Oh, very you. Mm-hmm. With butterfly pea tau- flower tea. Butterfly pea? Butterfly P-E-A flower tea. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, blueberry and lavender infused simple syrup, lemon juice, and gin. Mm. And fun fact, that butterfly pea flower tea is often used in ingredient in drinks where they want to call it magical color tinging mm-hmm. because it's blue and then when you add lemon juice it makes it purple. Okay. Yeah. So the director of housekeeping, Herman Duncan, worked at the hotel for twenty five years in twenty sixteen. By twenty sixteen. I don't know if he still works here. But he was interviewed by GA followers in 2016, and he said that he has seen Emily and that he has heard several stories from guests. So, the fifth floor is where we hear guests most often encounter Emily. I would like to remind you, we're in the fourth floor. A gentleman was looking out of the window of room 527, which I did my best to try to get us, but it would not work out, admiring the view of Augusta. After a short time, he left to take a shower and prepare to check out of the hotel. When he returned from the shower, he looked over to the window he had just been looking out of, and on the glass he saw the words, Time for you to leave. Oh, uh uh-uh. I go. I'm gone. I'm gone. The guest was baffled and frightened and left for the lobby to check out. But when Herman Duncan went to the room to check it, because he's like, hmm, that's a little odd. Yeah. uh, He found no words on the window pane and the room was eerily cold. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So he had another story. He says, also one day after most of the guests had checked out, he was making his final rounds. He made sure that all the doors were closed on the fifth floor because sometimes people will leave it open on accident when they're um, moving all their stuff out. They put the door stop in yeah. the door and then they don't actually end up shutting it. So um, he was going around on the fifth floor making sure all the doors were shut. And then he went to the elevators and he heard a door slam. And there wasn't anyone else, staff or guest, on the floor. And he said, I chalked it up to Emily being in one of her playful moods. Uh, I don't know if, like, no. I don't think door slam is, like, a playful mood. (laughs) Oh, my God. The the chill way some people handle these situations, I don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, if you've worked here and you experience it regularly. Yeah. And, like, if nothing bad happens regularly, you're Mm kind of like, oh, whatever. Just to keep you updated on where I am, I have a slight headache right here. I'm sorry. I'm just saying if it's Emily. Oh. That's why I'm telling you. I don't think anybody said anything about headaches. Well, then I'm the first Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, a guest named Mary stayed at the hotel shortly after her husband passed away. When she got out of the shower, she saw the words, I love you, written in the mirror, like in the condensation, Mm -hmm. with a little heart next to it. And she went to go get her camera, but when she returned, it was gone. It was completely condensation. Could that have been her husband instead of Emily? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was still kind of ghosty. I mean, it's so ghosty. Thing it was, right? and we do know that that is her trademark. Yeah. <laughs> so, apparently, there is a book out there by Mickey Bradley and Dan Gordon called Haunted Baseball. It is a collection <laughs> of stories from baseball players who have experienced haunted occurrences while traveling for work. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I really want to get my hands on this book. Yeah. So I was only able to find a quick line about this, but according to this book, baseball player Travis Hackner stayed at the Partridge Inn while he was part of the Savannah Sand Nats, and while he was here, his bed shook, waking him. Haley. Yep. On the hotel's Facebook page, they had a post back in 2011 where they talked about Emily, and there were two comments of people saying that they've seen her. Kayla M. says, My parents have had many encounters with her here. She turned the lights off in the bathroom while my mom was showering, turned TV volume up and down, and other things. I'm glad she didn't come to my room when I was there about a week ago. And Sarah G. says, Yes, we have had several encounters with Emily. Mine have been harmless, opening and closing the closet door, turning lights on and off, the closed captioning and volume on the TV adjusting. I always wish her a warm hello each time I return. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I, I'm just <laughs> like, what if it happens and we're like, hi, Emily. <laughs> So they had another post in 2017 where people mentioned pets seeing her. They said that the pets would react as if there was somebody there, but there was no one there. People will feel like someone is sitting on their bed while they're laying in the bed. Shoot. (laughs) And while they're laying in the bed, sometimes they'll feel somebody touching and brushing their hair back. They'll see her in her dress and veil. Their doorknobs will jiggle. Uh-huh. And to be fair, I felt like I heard our doorbell, our doorknob jiggling earlier, but I think that was when people were active in the hallway okay. and they might have accidentally tried to get into our room. On this same post, David G said, and I have edited this, when my daughter married her husband, they went to the Partridge Inn. She told me that she went into the dressing room to get out of her wedding dress and she felt someone in there and said it was like somebody had taken her hand and was holding it while she was trying to unbutton her dress, preventing her from taking off her wedding dress. Oh, holding it in place. Yeah, like she was trying to unbutton her dress and the hand went over hers and held it there. 
like don't take this off like what <gasps> Emily did okay Emily I'm really really sorry I kind of thought your story was not ma- like just like just something that kind of people came up with and so I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> so um she said that she got chills and that she felt like the hotel was haunted he said that her, she is a brave and feisty girl but that knocked or walked her up it did not knock her up <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> one more Michael M said I had her light up all the floors on the elevator one night when we were leaving the rooftop bar so they were getting off the rooftop bar getting in the elevator and she pushed all the buttons listen I know my leg is messed up but if that happens we're taking the stairs <laughs> So, I've seen conflicting <laughs> things about how welcoming to Emily the um, staff are. Yeah. I've seen some people be like, oh, I'll ask them, and they will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But sometimes they'll, you'll ask them, and like they gave full-on news articles about, like, oh, yeah, I've seen Emily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, however, in October 2016, they hired an actress to be Emily for an event. So, I guess some of them lean into it a little. Okay. So, that's all I have for this hotel that we are currently residing in. But, Robin, we visited (laughs) two locations that are also haunted. And we might visit another one tomorrow. And I want to just talk a little bit about them with my notes in front of me so I know I'm not telling you falsehoods. (laughs) Yeah, we were... We were walking around the first place and she was like, um, I think this is true. (laughs) I think this is a story from when I wrote the notes a year ago and briefly looked over them this morning. (laughs) So the first one I want to talk about is the haunted pillar. (laughs) So there, (laughs) Robin's laughing because we went there today. Yeah. But I'll tell you why it's funny later. Okay. So, well, you know, but I'm talking to the listener. I figured. (laughs) So, there was an outdoor market on the corner of 5th and Broad Street that was had a very special pillar. An evangelist wanted to preach next to the pillar before the market was destroyed. Yeah, so, okay, so this evangelist thought that the market was going to be destroyed. And so, he was like, I'm going to stand next to this pillar and tell you guys, like, you need to absolve from your sins because oh. otherwise this market's going to get destroyed. Okay. But authorities are like, hey, nutso, stop that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure those were the exact phrasing. Okay. For legal reasons, that is a joke. Um, so he cursed the market, saying that it would be destroyed and that the pillar would be the only thing left standing. Then a freak winter tornado blew through Augusta and destroyed the entire market and the pillar was the only thing remaining. Legend came that if anyone tried to move the pillar, they would die. In 1931, Mayor Will Jennings hired someone to spread the word of the curse, and soon people... Wait, I'm sorry. Did he spend town money on the pillar? So he was trying to get people to spread the word so that tourism would come in. We have a pillar. (laughs) (laughs) It was a cursed pillar, though. We have a cursed pillar. So it's... Okay, okay. So, um... But it worked. Because tons of people were coming by. And soon people began telling stories of highway workers 
that were struck by thunderbolts or crushed by machinery if they tried to move the pillar. And the stories grew to the point that people claimed that you would die if you even touched the pillar. And Zoe? Robin, I'm so sorry. I forgot Zoe. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I did forget about that. When we oh went my this. God. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so this, I was giggling at this earlier. We're going to die tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the liquor store across the street says, a lot of Yankees come here to take pictures of it. I don't know what the hell they expect to see. <laughs> I'm really hoping the guy was laughing at us earlier today. <laughs> so the pillar used to be in the median of a major road. Now it's on the sidewalk. It's uh, on the corner. It's on the corner. So tourists touch it, climb it. And on one occasion, one was um, one bought a sledgehammer and tried to knock it down themselves. And nothing happened to them. Okay, I, my dude, why'd you do that? <laughs> so the pillar is no longer there, unfortunately. So it was destroyed in 1935, then rebuilt, then destroyed in 1958, and then rebuilt, and then destroyed again in 2016. So they were really wishy-washy about the pillar. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was car accident. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were, like, saying, like, the city really wasn't sure where they stood <laughs> on the pillar. No, 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 Um, so it was three car accidents, um, and after the 2016 one, they were like, well, this is just causing car accidents, so we're not gonna rebuild it. And fun fact, if there hadn't been a pillar in that location, the people in the car in 2016 would have actually died because the momentum of it would have brought them into that building and potentially collapsed the building on top of their car. It's not a cursed pillar. No. It's a helpful pillar. So Robin and I went there today. <laughs> yeah. And I, so all that's left is like this tiny little circle on the ground, basically, that's slight, like maybe an inch off, like above the ground at the top. Yeah. And so Robin and I did stand on top of that base. And pretend to be the pillar. Zoe stuck her hands up in the air. I did more of like a opening them up kind of thing. Like a Jesus at, in Brazil <laughs> kind of thing. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't have done that if I had known that the whole thing was that you weren't supposed to touch it. Because there's like an inch or two of pillar there. Mm -hmm. And we just hopped on it. There was a car there. People were across from the liquor store. People were watching. Oh, yes. There was definitely people watching us. <laughs> <laughs> and we, the photos are going on our Instagram. Yeah. If we make it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever finds our bodies and listens to this recording, please post it onto our Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'll, like, write down the password in my notebook. Yeah. 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 So, that's all for the pillar. The next one is the Ezekiel Harris house, which we did try to visit today, but we unfortunately so is closed down due to mold. I even made a phone call trying Robin to Robin made a phone call. To a stranger. <laughs> and they were like, no, sorry, it has mold. <laughs> like, I'm here. I, I, I did not sound indignant. I was very polite. She was covering, Zoe was covering us with a, a umbrella because I refused to get in the car. <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm here with my friend, and we would like to see this place. And anyway, yeah. it's cold, closed right now for mold, but the city yeah. is going to clean it up. Uh -huh. It's going to be open again. Yes. And then we walked around the block. Yes, so we could see it from all angles. Even though we really couldn't. Yeah. Because. Hills. Hills. <laughs> <laughs> 
we tried. Is... We tried is the important part. Yeah. So, um, it is one of the oldest houses in Augusta. It was previously known as the McKay House or the Old White House. And you're like, hmm, it's wrong. Hmm. It's blue. <laughs> it's blue. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, the story is that the house was the scene of, quote, one of the worst atrocities of the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. So British commander Thomas Brown used it as his base when he was fighting in the war. He drove off American forces, then returned to his house, wounded. He brought with him 13 prisoners of war that he rounded up and publicly hung them, one for each colony. Mm-hmm. And so he hung them off the front porch of the house. Okay. He then turned over the other prisoner of war that he had and the Native Americans that he he allied with for, quote, torture, where he the people he turned them over to supposedly just scalped all of them. What the heck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say this again. Prisoners of war and Native Americans that he allied with. So he just completely... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in 1946, the Historical Society purchased the house to save it for prosperity. and Or, sorry, posterity. Posterity, yeah. And that's when they discovered a whittle whittle story bugger. So, <laughs> the truth. Oh, um, darn. So, so, the original McKay house was actually a trading post and was destroyed during the war. The Harris house that we viewed is completely unrelated. Yeah. So the story built around it is inaccurate. However, people still tell that story. So Ezekiel Harris, which is the name the house is named after the person, the name, yeah, name, name. So (laughs) Ezekiel Harris is not my favorite person in the world. Oh. He was a tobacco merchant. An American Revolutionary War veteran. He was born in South Carolina. He was a slave owner. And he was not the best businessman. So he was a ferry owner in competition with this man named John Hammond. Another ferry owner. Ezekiel Harris made his ferry free so that people would come to him and cross his side of the river. Instead of using John Hammond's. Even though that makes no sense because you're not making money. But I guess he just didn't want John Hammond to make money. And so I guess (laughs) John got angry that Ezekiel was cutting into his business. Uh So one day, uh, John's boat was found chopped up, dead. The ferry. Mm -hmm. Wait, Wait. John's ferry was found chopped up. And dead? Well, I mean, it's a boat. You can't use that anymore. It's dead. It, I, I just chopped up. It's not unusable. Okay. So he sued Ezekiel because he's like, it was probably him. That's valid. And then Ezekiel's ferry was found burned. <gasps> really? So they're like going back and forth at each oh, other. Oh, oh, I thought it was like a situation where it was like a third party who was really out <laughs> to sabotage both of them. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was like a, um, everybody's pretty sure Ezekiel chopped up his ferry and then in retaliation, John sued him and then burned his ferry. Gotcha. So then <laughs> Ezekiel upped it up. Um, well, allegedly. So John was found dead. 
shot to death in his yard and his house was burned down. Oh and, my god. Yeah. Many people believe it was Ezekiel, but nothing was ever proved. Proven? Proven. 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 The police were actually looking at Ezekiel for another murder where he was the suspect. And this was the murder of Matthew Brady, who had rumors about him that he stole a slave from Ezekiel. But Ezekiel was found not guilty for that murder. And then they never really looked into John's murder. This is beside the point, but we have like the name Ezekiel. And yet we also have the name Matthew Brady, which just sounds like every guy I went to middle school with. That's like the name (laughs) of every single one of them. But yeah, so we do get a good end to the story, however, because Ezekiel died in 1829, nearly penniless from his bad decisions. Okay. So the ghosts of this house is that people will see the 13 hanged men in front, on the front porch. Even though that's historically inaccurate? Yes. Okay. I have a, a local has a reason for it. I'll get to that okay. in a second. <laughs> They, they say that you can see the 13 hanged man from the hung man, whatever. Hanged, but hanged okay. man, men on the front porch. And they say that if you're walking through the property, you might feel the sensation of a noose tightening around your neck. My God. Yeah. I forgot about that part, too, when I said we should go so see So we didn't it. walk through the property. We walked around beside it. it and did try to get in. I did... Sh- I didn't shake the gate. I, I pulled it to see if it was really close. Because <laughs> it could have just been a quiet day for them. It could have just been quiet. It could have just been empty. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was no other cars. It was just us. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, just us trying to get into this really old house. <laughs> old. Okay, yeah. They say that if you stand on the stairs leading up to the porch and then slowly count to 13, you'll hear the thud of 13 men as they are hung or the moaning of them dying. Who tried that out? (laughs) Tourists, apparently. Um, There is another ghost known as Mrs. Glass. She walks around on the second story as if she's looking for someone. People say that she is the mother of two of the men who were executed. Um, She usually holds her hands out as if begging someone to um, let her sons go. Oh, that's sad. But the history of the building is debunked, so it doesn't really make sense that the, some of those ghosts are there if that's not the house. Ah. Uh-huh. A former mayor, Scott Johnson, in his infinite wisdom, says that the ghosts could have taken up in the house after being confused just how, like, the locals were. They're like, well, if everybody else is saying we should be here, we should, we should just make our way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what his logic is. So they just walked over. And they were like, oh, th- this is the house? This is the house I'm supposed to be hunting? Oh, okay, I thought it was I over there. I guess I'll haunt it. I thought it was over there, but I'll, okay, I'll, okay, I'll haunt it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> well, I can't really tell you an alternative to the 13 ghosts there is a alternative to the woman who is on the second floor yeah so this could be mrs ezekiel harris whose first name we do not know because she was a woman (laughs) so while there are very few records of her there is a letter written by ezekiel about his wife having breast cancer in 1805 and then a record of her dying in 1806 Probably in the house. Okay. Yeah, in her death 
record was Mrs. Ezekiel Harris, unfortunately. My God. Yeah. They just couldn't have names. Nope. Okay. The last one is the place that maybe we can go to tomorrow. Um, I don't... I think they're open on Sundays. So, this is a... This is Ware's Folly. So, this was started with Nicholas Ware, a politician and businessman who built the mansion that is known as Ware's Folly in 1818 for over $40,000. That is $893,593.70 in 2022 <laughs> money. The cents is really important. <laughs> it really gives a clue as to how much it is. Um, so it's known as his folly aka lack of good sense because he spent <laughs> the sense oh I didn't even think about that <laughs> he was missing 30 of them so um because it was 70 cents sorry because he spent an outrageous amount of money on a seemingly not worth it property okay so he died in 1824 six years after the construction was complete and it passed hands a few times it was once beautiful but it fell into despair then in 1937, it was purchased by Olivia Herbert, or A. Bear, I don't know what her pronunciation of it is, who saved it from demolition, renovated, and then donated it to the Augusta Art Club, and it's now known as the Gertrude A. Bear or Herbert Memorial <laughs> Institute of Art. That's such a cool thing to do. Yeah, just buy a house, renovate it, and then donate it to the museum. To the art people. Yeah. They need place for their art. They need places for their art. <sighs> Love it. Uh-huh. So, the ghosts. There is a man who is seen on the third floor, mostly in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> he looks like he's from the 30s because he's wearing a pinstripe suit. And he's on the Art Institute's Facebook page. Like... As in they talk about him sometimes. He's just scrolling <laughs> his phone on Facebook. Um, so is this like the men's bathroom or is it not like a gender specific bathroom? You know what? I assumed it was the men's bathroom, but I'm not 100% sure. It might be a more gender neutral bathroom. That would make sense if it was like a single stall type of thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, and then in 2019, the Institute hired a team of paranormal investigators <gasps> called the Middle Georgia Paranormal Investigations Team. And I'd like to think that there's an upper and lower Georgia. <laughs> um, but they went. They have their jurisdictions. <laughs> they know not to cross the line. Yeah. <laughs> so they went to look for ghosts, as you can imagine. And they identified five ghosts. Three men, one woman, and one unknown. So, the unknown was seen by a member from underneath a door crack, and it looked like somebody was pacing back and forth, but when they opened the door, the room was empty. But the other four were full-body apparitions that they saw. The team was hired because the staff would often hear footsteps when no one was walking around, or they would see skirts of a woman's dress go around a corner, and when they would round that corner, nobody would be there. They also have had books fly off of shelves. At one point, the staff even called the police because they were worried someone had broken in after closing hours, but when the police investigated, they discovered no one. 
Okay. And to me, it's like if you think so much that there is an individual in there that shouldn't be there that you call the police, to me that's like one of the most believable. Yeah, because yes. Like okay, everybody's first go-to should be like there's an intruder. <laughs> not, <laughs> there's not, a ghost. <laughs> yes. Really and truly. Mhm. Um a bug exterminator was upstairs on the third floor and he felt like someone was watching him. Was it the man? He turned and saw the man in a pinstripe suit, blinked, and then the man was gone. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, During the investigation, one team member heard the words leave and go away when there was no one else in the room with him. Okay. And they asked, can you tell us your name? And they heard Ian. They confirmed, is your name Ian? And the ghost said, yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I love that. And that is in a video at 1 minute and 10 seconds that I will link to. I don't know which one's the video at this point, but you'll probably figure it out. I have a lot of links in this episode. (laughs) And then they also heard a ghostly sigh in that same video. (sighs) So, Robin, those are the ghosts of Augusta, Georgia. Okay. Thank you. For... Are, you, are you sufficiently freaked out? Um, I am, actually. I am. And, uh, okay, can I tell you why in particular? Okay. One, I'm glad we're not in the way Folly place right now, because that'd be really creepy to me, I think, in particular. Um, but I think what's creeping me out the most is that I was assuming Emily would be nice, but, like, everything people described... Or things that would really freak me out oh. and seem a little bit agitated. I mean, she seems nice. I mean, she does walk it up and down the hall, but like, aside from that one woman who had the wedding dress moment, that's what freaked me out the most. Yeah, for the most part, like if people hear her, it's just like, or feel her, she's like looking over them as they sleep. Zoe, that doesn't help me. That's sweet. I don't want to be looked at. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying I shouldn't just stand up in the middle of the night and just like sit on your bed. Okay, we need to make a, (laughs) we need to make a pact right now. No purposefully freaking the other person out. I promise I will not purposely freak you out. Can you shake my hand? Can I see your other hand? So, okay, great. You're not crossing anything. (laughs) All right. Um, I think that, Zoe, I think that if... Sometime tonight we experience something. Uh huh. I think that we should, in the morning, do a little bit of a recap. Only if something happens. Only if something happens. Um, and just give an update that we can put into this episode. Uh huh. So currently, Robin, mm-hmm. I think this is my best chance to get a high number out of you. How haunted do you think the Partridge Inn is? I am not disrespecting any spirits that might be here, so I'm going to say a 10. You don't have to prove anything to me. You do not have to prove anything to me. Yes, I got a 10. I don't care that I had to use blackmail to get it. I got a 10. Is this blackmail? Kind of. It's like threatening you. I coerced a 10 out of you. You did. You did. This, like, I wasn't going to say anything less. But yeah, so um, uh, probably when I'm editing this, if we don't do that recap, I'll just put in a little blurb right here. Despite our best efforts, we saw and heard nothing. Saying that we didn't do it. So um, <laughs> if you did hear that blurb from me, 
that means we didn't see anything or experience anything. But if not, the session we'll do tomorrow will be here. I'm really, really hoping that it's a first blurb situation (laughs) (laughs) and that we're just letting down the listeners. Honestly, though, at this point, I can see straight into the rooms across the way. Yeah, we might see something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Uh, everyone, if you enjoyed <laughs> today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friendo, subscribe to our fa- Patreon or Patreon, Patreon, our Patreon. <laughs> it's like an off-brand Patreon <laughs> at Patreon.com/slash Haunted Hospitality. I know for just three dollars a month, you get a new episode from us. Yes, and it comes on the 13th because we are spooky. If you want to see our my sources, which there are a lot of, you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com. I can't breathe, sorry. <laughs> Not in a ghosty way, just uh-huh. because I'm talking fast. Uh-huh. Um, if you have your own spooky story, <laughs> you can write to us at the haunted hospital. Nope, at hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. I have so much anxiety right now. <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. We are also on Twitter at Haunted Hosts. We hope to see you there. Stay Stay spooky. spooky!